the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. Everyone's safe. All the soccer boys came out of the cave and their coach are rescued. Get ready for the made-for-TV movies, hopefully starring the good-looking George Clooney. Because we got to Americanize anything out there. That doesn't happen in our home country, because we love America. And uh, I don't know. It should be a good movie with lots of explosives and Dwayne the Rock coming in, but probably dying at the last second to save a boy, right? Hanging from a skyscraper. But isn't this done in a cave? I don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. That's what I've always said and always will. So things to think about on the market right now. IHOP has changed its name back to IHOB. No, it changes back from IHOB to IHOB. Uh, what was that? It took them uh, the temporary switch last month from IHOP. They turned the P upside down and made it a B. They're trying to say, hey, look, we got beef patties. It's still IHOP. It's not. No. You know, the old lipstick pigs thing. I know you're saying my favorite restaurants. IHOP. I'm going to come challenge you to a fight, Mr. Black. That's fair enough. Oh, my, my, my. I will not pick on it anymore. Um, tariffs are going to hit some states harder than others. I kind of smart, snurt or snarked or whatever the word is. I got kind of a snarky look on my face when, you know, uh, MSNBC or CNBC reported so far all the tariffs with China uh, do not affect, do not affect uh, Ivanka Trump's clothing line. I'm like, really? That's where we are, right? Um Nashville is one of those cities that still offers – no, no, I'm not going to say still. Nashville, Memphis – no, not Memphis. Let's stay in Nashville right now in Austin. Um, A strong sense of community. Um, And that's important to real estate prices in the future. Community is at the heart of a lot of the restaurants and a lot of the people and a lot of the concepts that draw people to cities and youths today are being drawn to cities that are not San Francisco, LA or Seattle though, or LA that's, they're just too expensive. So their, their first thing is like, Hey, I want to not live with mom and dad at some point in time. So where am I going to do it? The idea of an actress moving in New York today, a small town. I'm a girl from Iowa. I'm going to New York to be a big star. I know. I said, you think to yourself, why did he use make himself a girl? What's going on there? I could even do a bad impression of like Timmy, the tap dancer from uh, Louisiana, um, from the groove. Timmy, I'm a good, I'm a mama, 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 I'm a good uh, New York and be a big star. You just can't afford the rent anymore. Can't wait tables to do that like you used to. 
So community is super important, and you're starting to see cities really create things that make the community um, kind of burn into it, so to speak. Well, a lot of foodies love Nashville. A lot of music people love Nashville. Do you see where I'm going at here? You got to create stuff that young people want to be drawn to. $30,000 a year. Let's say you only pull out $500,000, $600,000 into your retirement account. That's all you get, right? You got to figure out a budget. And USA Today did a recent thing article on cities that you could live at for $30,000 a year or less. And uh, it's kind of interesting, right? So basically, it's an implication that you didn't save quite enough. Phnom Penh in Cambodia. Record-breaking low fares and bucket list tourist attractions mean now is the time to head to Cambodia. The cost of living in Cambodia is amongst the lowest in the world. The standard of living is high, leading to more retirees and expatriates saying, hey, I can live in Cambodia. A single retiree can get by on $1,100 a month. That'll get you a one-bedroom apartment with a balcony in the middle of the city. But there's other destinations like Panama and Costa Rica and the Central Valley or Ecuador. Uh, Portugal's got a lovely lifestyle over in Europe, $2,000 a month, and you'll be able to live in Mafra. Uh, I know you're saying Mafra or Mothra? Mafra. You don't want to live in Mothra because Mothra was in the Godzilla film. <laughs> Godzilla's like, you know, tearing things up and playing volleyball on the beach. And then out of nowhere, you see this this big, big, big um, wing. It's, it's a big wing butterfly moth. Oh my God, it's Mothra! So it's one of my favorite moments as a child is when the Japanese would realize there's a new monster coming and the look on their face of pure terror. And then they go, Mothra! <laughs> Do you want to live abroad in retirement? Ask your spouse that question tonight at dinner. And if you file for divorce, don't blame me. But if you don't have a good conversation about it, like, I'll be honest with you. A lot of people are deciding not to raise their, not to get, to get married and with no kids probably be easier to live abroad, right? If you don't have a deep family here to leave, which we were just talking about with Nashville is one of the booming cities in the United States right now because it's trying to create deep family connections. I, I think I could live overseas, but then I think it'd be more colorful. It'd be slower. I mean, have you ever been uh, to Spain or Portugal? Things move really slow there in time. Ask yourself, could you live in a foreign country in retirement? And, and again, that's going to hit a lot of different people. Some people will be like, well, yes. But you're not going to know what you're getting into, healthcare and situations like that. So you have to do a lot of homework. But trust me, uh, AARP and USAA, and you can just Google great places to retire and start reading. But if you want to live 20 miles north of Lisboa, also known as Lisbon, uh, $2,000 a month for international living. You get a lot of parks, a lot of beaches, concerts. Now, here's another question. When you're a retiree, when you're 65, 70, and you're going to the park, and there's music in the park tonight, can you people do me a favor and not dance like you danced 40 years ago, 45 years ago? I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. Uh, I want to see modern hip-hop or nothing. Yeah, that's Eight. a good one. I know. Yeah. Um, so big stories today, clearly in my mind, is the market's been moving higher. And it's based on rally of earnings. PepsiCo makes Gatorade, who makes Frito-Lay, makes a lot of product. 
they have water, they've got orange juice, uh, they've got product, they got international, they got great distribution. Their revenues rose, and Wall Street says, "Woo, we're optimistic about that." You know, if you ever get the feeling that the stock market's a little bit on the depressed side, some days it's manically happy, and some days it's manically sad. Right now, it's kind of like, "Yeah, I'm hopeful," and the market's moving higher because of company like Pepsi having solid earnings. Tesla says they're going to plan a China plant for 500,000 vehicles per year. Press release. Not a reason to buy a stock. Press release. Fake news. Fake news. Microsoft Surface Go is going to uh, try to launch a lower-priced version so that they can compete more and more with Apple. That's bad news for Apple. That's Microsoft ain't trying to gain profit. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. In the last segment, I talked a little bit about living abroad. Americans who rise, reside and live in another country have to file what's called a report of a foreign bank and financials accounts which is also known as FBAR. And it should disclose any accounts Americans have of $10,000 or more in foreign lands, right? And if you mess it up, you get hit with a penalty. And the United States is kind of interesting in the sense that we're one of the few countries that um, you know, tax based on citizenship, not on residency. So a lot of them, not a lot, but about 1,100 people, about 5,000 people a year are renouncing their citizenship, due to cutting down their tax complications to wanting to live abroad. It's a real thing. And I I tease the idea of talk to your spouse about it and see what they say uh, about living abroad. Do you keep your U.S. citizenship? Do you not? Could you do it? Would you get bored? Do you have kids that you have to visit? Or could you create a situation where they come visit you? In another grotesque attempt at getting PR in the slow summer months, Chick-fil-A freebie, dressed up like a cow, Tuesday gets you a free chicken. No. Tuesday is Chick-fil-A's 14th annual cow appreciation day. You want to save 4 or $5 on a chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A? You got to eat more chicken. Dress up as a cow. Go utterly crazy. Wave a cowbell in the store. <laughs> the cows are distracting me. Oh, it, did you know Chick-fil-A is considered America's fast, favorite fast food chain? And they've been featuring cows in all their advertising for 23 years. No, I think that's awesome. I think it's, it shows a lot of consistency. So bring your cowbell to work day and then go get Chick-fil-A for lunch day. It's almost as good as Slurpee Wednesday, which I got to keep this PG or less. But 7-Eleven's got their birthday that they give out free Slurpees. But that's not today. Just throwing that out there for you. I don't know what, what went wrong in my life that I'm talking about people dressing up as cows. There's people there, – there's pictures of, of – 40 people at a restaurant dressed up as cows. White t-shirt with some black spots on it. Done. Is a free chicken sandwich really, after you drive there, is it really worth 
that, that humiliation. Anyhow, um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm talking a lot about where you can retire nicely. And we talked a little bit about Nashville being a you know slice of home pie, and they've got great cooking, they've got great restaurants, they've got great sporting events and music events. So you'll hear about things like Pizza Birria, and they're trying to become the pizza capital and the beer capital, kind of mix it together. And it's just kind of a way to, I'm not going to say part you from your money, but something along those lines. The Jolts report just came out, and the job opening slipped in May hitting a 17-year high as quits reach a 17-year high. Business advertised fewer jobs in May than previous month, but the tally of open positions outnumbered the ranks of the unemployed. Um, with that being said, it's a strong job market, and that's why you stay invested. I know you're saying it can't be that simple, and it can't. AT&T is buying a cybersecurity company. Have you gotten to the point... Earlier in the show, uh, you know, I want you to check out SSA.gov, SSA.gov, and check out what you're going to get paid from the Social Security Administration. you got to change your password every six months, just so you know. Um, but the thing that I'm throwing out there is that don't you kind of wish that, like, what, change your password every six months? Can't we get some better cybersecurity? But AT&T has agreed to buy privately held Silicon Valley's startup Alien Vault to expand its line of cybersecurity products targeted at small and medium-sized businesses. San Mateo-based Alien Vault raised $52 million a couple years ago. So it's a payday for the early investors in Alien Vault. And let's see if my name's on that list. Trident Capital, Caulfield & Bears, Heiner Perkins, Intel Capital. Nope, 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 not me. Again, if you ever think you're going to get that investment opportunity that the big boys don't get, it's telling you there's already something wrong. Jimmy Buffet is going to lease electric buses. No, 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 no. I got that story wrong. See what a little dyslexia will do? Uh, Warren Buffet backed a company called BYD, and they're leasing electric buses in the United States. One of the world's largest supplier of electric vehicles has formed a joint venture. Um, Warren Buffett-backed company, Chinese manufacturer, they're partnering to you know get more rentals like you know like buses are expensive right so you lease them planes are expensive so american airlines and all the big boys typically lease them they're not buying them so far about 350 they estimated 386,000 buses deployed around the globe are operating on american streets we don't have very many electric buses here but you take away our little numbers and there's still 385,650 international electric buses so prepare to see more electric buses. Oh, by the way, I got the greedy question of the day yesterday. Uh, came to me from a man who wanted to know how I would play the plastic straw band. Oh, uh, my, my, my. So we've been talking about Starbucks getting rid of those little green straws and making a very puckered uh, lid so you could put your uh, mouth and teeth on it and not get coffee on your teeth, per se, the front sides. Uh, I don't know. I just find it interesting that people are like, I think this is the beginning of a movement, and I think that this may lead to larger bans by every user, such as McDonald's. McDonald's has already announced it. Um, they've got a plan to have a plan. What are your thoughts about the potential impact on the oil industry? His question is, Does do I think this hurts the oil industry? No. I think it's a blip. I think it's something they step right over. Now, down the road, 
can the world ban plastic bags? Man, it's tough to get California to do it, right? If California's not there, the rest of the world's not there, and we continue to grow population, we continue to grow fuel demands, we're, we're pulling more out of the ground every year than not less. So I don't really like the let's let's if you want to Google investing in paper straws, or if you want to Google some of the ramifications, I, that's, that's fine. I'm just uh, I don't know that one doesn't ring my bell. You can ring my bell. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Have the pumpkins take me to break. The pumpkins are an amazing band. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. So PepsiCo sells more Fritos. The shares rise based on their earnings that they just reported. It's starting to move into earnings season. This is an important one. And you can see what drives Wall Street. In the long term, it's going to be earnings on some way, shape, or form. Sometimes it's revenue. Sometimes it's trade agreements. Sometimes it's inflation, interest rates, and other things. But earnings always decide the fate of companies. Uh, you're seeing markets move higher on optimism that, hey, what's good for Pepsi? If they could do it, maybe we could do it, too, seems to be the message of the day. Joining me now to talk about this and much, much more from Briefing.com. I start my day each and every day with his page one that comes out of Briefing.com, Patrick O'Hare. How are you, Patrick? Hey, Rob. I'm doing well. Thank you. Good to be back with you. Yeah, happy doldrums. Happy summer doldrums, <laughs> right? Yeah, although it's a little excitement of late, so it hasn't been entirely uh, listless. So I've uh, got some things to talk about and, uh, and a market that's behaving reasonably well, um, uh, certainly this month. And uh, But you never know what uh, what you're going to get from, from one month to the next with this particular market. Got some short-term issues coming up. Uh, more trade war news. I would imagine that's not going to go away, and the ramifications are going to be starting to be reported on. But Supreme Court review, so we're going to see a lot of headlines out of Washington. Then we also are we're about 100 days away from the elections. How do you feel about the next 100 days? And we're on the back half of the year, so like we're talking essentially the last half of the year. A lot of drama coming. Yeah, and, and I mean, you, you accurately touched on it in that, uh, you know, it's that type of uh, – events and the uncertainty surrounding them that keep the market you know on edge and, and perhaps uh, acting in a, in a fickle way where uh, depending on you know the news flow of any given week will dictate you know the direction of the market um, uh, as you know buyers and sellers alike you know lack conviction in, a, in an environment where where you have those elements of uncertainty surrounding you know, political and economic issues uh, wrapped around, uh, you know, a, a box of potential policy surprise driven by, you know, the Federal Reserve's rate actions. And so uh, I think, interestingly enough, one of the supportive elements in the last few weeks, I think, and certainly since um, over the last three or four sessions, is is this notion that's starting to creep in that perhaps maybe the Federal Reserve won't, um, won't see its way to a fourth rate hike this year. Uh, and uh, the employment report for June, which was out last Friday, um, started to you know get that, that thought um, rolling 
cooling in the minds of market participants, uh, even though the Fed funds futures market doesn't necessarily reflect that same mentality. Uh, you have seen equity traders, anyway, come in and really drive this market um, in a big way over the last several sessions. And one of the su- supportive elements for that is this notion that you know maybe the Fed won't have to be. Uh, you know, it's not that the Fed was going to be aggressive, but that the Fed might not be as aggressive as feared. And uh, and when you take that off the table. Um, you know, the market, for the short term anyway, finds a, a reason to um, uh, release some of the pressure valve and, 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 and see things pick up here uh, in terms of buying interest. We also have one more that could eventually break of Mueller and Trump. That's going to be a big news item at some point in time. Um, taking a look at some of the, the corporate stories that you reported on this morning, you talked a little bit about better-than-expected earnings from PepsiCo and Tesla jumping in to build a factory in China. Um, it, what are you seeing out there? Because to me, Pepsi beating earnings not very sexy. It's it's good for the market because it's a big company. It's run by Indra Nui. Um, Tesla seems to be more like a press release to me. It's more, let's show me the money at this point in time. Show me some earnings. Show me some uh, less losses. Show me something metric-wise. But a factory, I mean, eh, it seems like it's kicking the can down the road. But anyway, what are some of the, the, the bullish drivers and stories right now? Because I know a lot of politics is going on, and uh, it seems that's going to be continuing with our allies in Europe and situations. Uh, so I'll, I'll let you talk for a second because I'm rambling. Sure. No, the you know I think the the phrase better than feared uh, okay. is is a bullish driver for right now for equities. I mean, we we saw that coming out of the weekend where there was no improvement in trade relations over the weekend, yet the market rallied on the basis that there simply wasn't any further deterioration in in trade relations, um, and and so it somehow spun a. a you know, a lingering negative into a positive just because that lingering negative didn't get any worse. You know, you look at PepsiCo today, okay, yeah, they, you know, they beat earnings estimates, um, you know, probably wasn't, you know, the greatest report overall when you take into account that the core beverage business, or, or you know, not the core, the the beverage business didn't do so great, uh, and but, you know, the the snacks division did did fine, but then you know on the company on the conference call, you know, the company's talking about how you know gross margins may come under pressure next quarter due to commodity price inflation uh, and things like oil and aluminum, and uh, you know and it's that type of commentary that I think we need to be watchful for as the second quarter earnings reporting period unfolds here, because the market sort of is just ignoring negative things right now, um, and it's it's running with blinders on in some respects. And, and I think if you start to hear more, uh, you know, multinational companies start uh, addressing the idea that, you know, a stronger dollar, uh, trade policy uncertainty, rising commodity costs, even rising labor costs, you know, are starting to um, create some headwinds for them. You know, then you could you could run into the same issue that we saw uh, in the first quarter earnings reporting period, where even though the the bottom line growth was was terrific, the market didn't really go anywhere on it uh, as it started to contemplate the notion of running up against peak earnings and peak margins and peak economic growth. You know, I don't think that those themes are necessarily going to go away in the second quarter earnings reporting period, uh, considering that we're a little bit further into the morass of protectionist trade issues than we were even at the start of, you know, into the first quarter reporting period. Um, at the same time, you have interest rates that are higher, you know, 
uh, now than they were uh, uh, policy rates, you know, than they were at the time of the first quarter earnings reporting period. And so, um, so we think we need to be a little bit mindful that, uh, yeah, you're you're going to get some really great earnings growth again. But I'm feeling a little bit cautious about the, the guidance and the commentary that's likely to come out of these companies as they look to the back half of the year. It's going to be an interesting back half of the year. I, I, I truly, truly believe that because of the way stories played out this year. We're putting, I'm not going to say gambling, but we're, we're putting a lot of pressure on the back half. Um, what else should we be paying attention to at this point in time? Because like you said, we're ignoring the positives or we're ignoring the negatives. We're kind of rewarding the positives this week based on mood. And you know, over the weekend, sometimes we could change that based on politics and what comes out. And um, what do you think we should be looking for if, if we're kind of like what I'm trying to get at is I own stocks, and I'm not selling stocks because it's it's historically paid off for me. I'm not looking for a worst-case scenario, and yet it's kind of starting to creep up. It, it, you're starting to see some of the flags. Would you agree yeah, you that know, there's think- kind of a I'm, – I'm not saying I'm bored, but I'm stable, I'm comfortable. I don't want to shake the tree because it's it's still running higher. Right, right. So, you know, one of the, the sectors of great interest um, is, is really the financial sector right now. Um, you know, have all the drivers in place, you know, seemingly and reportedly for that sector to do quite well. And even though it had a, a very strong day yesterday, you know, the financial sector is still underperforming um, in the market uh, this year by about 700 basis points and uh, is, is down for the year. You know, one stock in particular that I'd be keeping a close eye on is, is Bank of America. Right, um, you know, one of the largest banks going. Uh, it has a primarily domestic orientation, and you know, the main narrative we've been hearing, of course, is that the U.S. economy is is, you know, on a relative basis, the strongest economy going right now amongst developed markets, and so, um, so that should all really help, uh, you know, drive a stock uh, in a company like Bank of America. And and you're not seeing that, and then so of course you also see at the same time uh, you know some weakness in copper prices, the underperformance of the transport average, uh, the semiconductor stocks not doing so so great, um, uh, and you know and then the, the yield curve flattening, and so so it does you know create a little bit of. Um, a sense of pause, if you will. Maybe the U.S. story won't unfold in the favorable manner as a lot of people are expecting in the back half of the year because uh, you should see a stock like Bank of America, I think, would be a good proxy anyway for uh, for uh, the market's belief in a uh, U.S. economic acceleration story. Uh, and so far, anyway, that hasn't come to fruition. It could, could, but it's something to keep an eye on here, and it, it's certainly uh, uh, running contrary to what the popular narrative is right now. Another sector that I think could outperform in the next six to nine months could possibly be energy because the oil prices have risen. Am I off on that simple assumption? No, I think you know oil prices have risen, and of course, with the collapse in oil prices off the you know 2014 highs, uh, there's been an extended period of underinvestment there too. So, um, you know, so if supply shortages kick in and and demand is still strong enough to you know to exceed that supply, you should start to you, you see higher higher price points in, in in terms of oil prices, which will underpin stronger earnings expectations for the energy sector as well as the outperformance of that sector. 
Thanks for joining me. Not my best performance today, but you were on cue. I appreciate it. Patrick O'Hare, you can find him at briefing.com. That's briefing.com. You'd find me at Rob Black Show, but check out briefing.com. I start my day each and every day. It's unbiased international and domestic views on the market, story stocks, IPOs, much, much more. You can find it at briefing.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening. Oh, my. The things that can go on day to day, right? Um, let's talk a little Apple, because Apple's in the news, and uh, I'm trying to piece together a show today that ties something together, It's and it's just not working. Some days the news really crafts itself, and it's easy to pull off, and you can go, oh, top 10 things millennials forget to invest in, and then you're like, hey, millennials just shut down Toys R Us because they didn't like Jeffrey. Uh, so the stories just aren't tying. So... We've recently heard that Apple is going to have disappointing sales of the newer iPhones, right? The 10 is $1,000, and it ain't cheap, and it ain't that much better than an 8. The extra camera features might be nice for you if you have young kids. I get it. So there's a lot of angst right now surrounding 2018 and what's going to come out in September or back to school. Uh, June, July, June, July, and you look at it in August, we're right there before we start seeing what's going to be announced. So we're going to start talking about that. Um, larger phones, smaller phones, faster phones, how many phones, how many models, how many colors. Now, the new models of phones that come out, will they have an OLED screen? Will it be called the 11 and the 11 plus? Uh, it's kind of funny. Have you ever, I don't know, I'm sure you've done this. When you start reading more and more on your phone, you're like, oh, I should have got a bigger phone. Oh, I should have got a bigger phone. And as you get older, your eyes go a little bit worse and worse. So how many and what they're going to look like? Uh, we are, you know, we're 60 days from Apple, like trying to say, okay, here's the next round of product. Will it disappoint and or not? One cycles was below historical patterns for a lot of reasons, size, cost, differentiation, previous models. So this is just going to be the 10, the 11 should be very much so like the 10. Um, but again, maybe more colors and sizes. Do you get excited over that now? You know, functionally, where Apple users are dominating, you know, spinning on apps, even though there's a lot more uh, Android users out there, the app usage and the app pain, not close. But we're about 60 days, and we're about, you know, 90 days to 110 days to the election. So, and then you start saying, okay, now we're 140 days till Christmas or whatever it is, and how are Christmas sales going to compare to last year? And then you get the third quarter and the second quarter numbers on cars. And you start saying, okay, this is how the year's looking. Because that's where we are now. We're at the, the, the mid part and of the year, and it's time to look at the report card, so to speak. Supreme Court pick Kavanaugh, likely to restrict SEC enforcement. So Wall Street got a big win yesterday with the nomination 
of Brett Kavanaugh. And again, socially, what's it do to America? Financially, what's it do to America? Economically, like my job is not to be political. Um, Kavanaugh's record suggests he is not a fan of major bureaucratic rulemaking, which basically means corporate America is going to get to run free. You know, you could put in a rule like you're not allowed to charge more than a dollar for an overdraft fee, or you could take out a rule, unlimited charges of dollars for uh, overdrafts. What do you think the banks are going to do? The banks don't like rules. So Kavanaugh's going to be very business friendly on the court if he gets appointed. Will there be a fight? How much will it drag out? So a lot going on in the next couple of weeks. Trump, El Presidente. Um, it's been pretty quiet coming from his mouth to the critique of the drug prices. But ultimately, a tweet by President Donald Trump that called out Pfizer's price increases promised a response. Pfizer's shares are up, but a lot of people are starting to say, what if the president goes after these guys? So there's inflation in prices for branded drugs, about 6.6% a year. That's about the same as what it was last year and the year before. And will there be more price increases? Pfizer is an excellent dividend-paying stock. Only four drug makers opted for second increases, just a third of last year's count to 12. Pfizer's one of the big four that implemented a second round of price increases on eight drugs. So they're, they're raising prices, and Trump's starting to smell, hmm, maybe I start bashing these guys, and I can you know, get America to love me because people want their heart medicine or their erectile dysfunction medicine or their cholesterol medicine. They're it's an easy target, right? Especially with a company that pays dividends and does pretty well. Um, Ethereum is starting to lead in the world of experts that say, which is the better cryptocurrency, Ethereum or Bitcoin? I'm still on the sidelines. Sorry. Wish I had more of an opinion for you. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. Remember ever being in a casino? Or even watching the movies and how much the casinos make. And you're like, wow, I wish I could do that one day. Have people gamble. Games of chances. Because we know that the, the chances, the odds. And the odds are always in their favor. And over time, that, that plays out nicely. So casino stocks have recently sold off after some disappointing numbers out of Macau. And numbers being, you know, how many people are there and how much they're spending. Um Casino stocks are interesting if you believe in investing in sin. Something we do in good times and bad times. We smoke, we drink, we gamble. You can even expand that definition of sin. But I got to keep this a PG rated show or I don't know, maybe even a G plus. I don't know. <laughs> I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.